What's up, everybody? My name is Dustin Rubio, part of the Limitless Leadership Team and youth pastor at City Church Swansea. And this is the Limitless Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect, think, and grow. Welcome back, everybody, to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. I'm here with Tim Alford and Helen Cutteridge. What's up, Helen? You okay? I'm good. I'm glad you got it right this time. Yeah. So what did I do last time? You were Cutteridge. Cutteridge. That yes, American the, D thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was great to have you on uh, last month um, talking about uh, young people with poor mental health, a lot of good stuff in there. Um, but this month, what we want to cover is talking about youth workers with poor mental health. Um, so yeah, so let's just get right into it. Um, what are the stats, the facts, the figures um, of youth workers or maybe just adults in poor mental health? Sure. So the number one statistic that is out there is that one in four adults will struggle with mental health, a mental health condition wow. at any one point. So it could be that you get over it, but someone else will pick up on that. Yeah. Uh, the biggest killer of men aged 18 to 45 is suicide. So there's a significant number of men struggling with mental health and that is rising in women that age as well. Uh, so yeah, it's a massive, massive issue. Um, and I see that in the youth workers that I know. I know a lot of youth workers having done a youth work degree. Um, and I reckon about 75% of them have struggled with a mental health condition at some point. Wow. So w- what are some of the um, some of the issues that youth workers would find themselves uh, dealing with? I think the number one issue with youth workers is burnout, but I think that comes from something else. So I think there's very high rates of anxiety and depression in youth workers, especially church youth workers. There is so much pressure to fit into a certain mold to not necessarily conform, but to make your church happy, especially if you're employed by congregation. Um, for example, Methodist or Baptist or Elam youth workers will be congregational. They're their bosses, not just the church leadership. Um, and so that kind of burnout, they have normally one day less off a week. So they normally have that, yeah, just like a Saturday or a Tuesday or something is their day off. Unlike most people who get two days. Um, and yeah, that pressure, it's this kind of, as a culture, uh, we're not very good at stopping, especially youth workers. We want to change the world as much as we can. And we forget that sometimes we need to look after ourselves to do that. And so this burnout, this kind of we go, 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 go. um, And there's a lot of pressure as we're going. So that anxiety and that depression hits once we hit exhaustion point and suddenly realize we can't do it on our own. Um, And yeah, lack of volunteers is another huge issue. If you're doing all of that on your own, that's a huge burden to be carrying. So you've talked to us there, Helen, about some of the issues that we as youth workers might find ourselves facing and having to deal with i wonder if we could before we get into how to deal with those when we're struggling with them i wonder if we could take a few steps back from there and say okay if if i'm not struggling with some of those things if i'm starting out in, in youth work what are some of the things what are some of the rhythms that i should build into my life now that might prevent me from experiencing some of those things a little further down the line I think rhythms is a really great way of putting it. I think the first thing that we can remember as youth workers is that humans were made to rest. We're at the very beginning, God made people and then said, and stop this. We're made to work from rest, not work to rest. And so to build into that your day already, this time for resting, having a healthy bedtime. Uh, My husband likes to go to bed at midnight at the earliest. 
but then he doesn't get up until eight so that's kind of his counterbalance but I'll go to bed you know kind of half nine ten o'clock because I need that rest to function so I think already building into your day having rest making sure you have time off you know we all have a rest day we should you know encourage the churches that we work for to give us two days off a week much like everyone else and stick to it don't use your phone go away from the area that you live if need be to get some real space and just stop I think building in rhythms of spending time with God and what that looks like for you so it could be contemplative prayer it could be a prayer triplet it could be just sitting in your car and singing worship songs um, building that rhythm into your life I had a friend who said you should only work two parts of the day so either morning and afternoon or afternoon and evening and making sure there's like a third part of your day which you're resting so you're doing all of your work but you're not doing like often youth workers have done and I know I have like 8 30 till 10 p.m in one day and if you do make sure you claim that time back and you take that time to recuperate I think is really important regular supervision frequently meeting with spiritual directors or line managers and check Checking in about where you're doing, having that built in and guarding that time, saying I'm not changing this, this is going to be our regular space is really important. And just kind of building in hobbies, exercise is really great for mental health. Uh, Actually, if you're struggling with mental health, you can speak to your doctor and they can give you a free gym membership uh, up to a certain point, like you get like a trial at a gym as a way of building in. So doing exercise or arts and crafts. I was was about to say... uh, uh, how important does is looking after ourselves physically um, how much does looking after ourselves physically affect our health mentally so like you said having a good rhythm of exercise yep. having a good diet how much impact does that physical care look after our mental health it's so so important um so you're, I, I genuinely believe physical emotional and spiritual health are so intrinsically linked and i know just in general if I, I feel better in the day if i've done exercise in the morning and it doesn't need to be much it could just be some basic pilates and some stretches and a couple of press-ups that could be it but i feel better so exercise creates endorphins and endorphins make you happy there's a very basic chemistry in your body that that does that and so if you can build that exercise going for walks or runs is so important for you and if you're emotionally if you're struggling if you've got stress in your body's a physical reaction where it raises the cortisol levels in your body which attacks your immune system so you're more likely to get headaches and colds and stomach bugs because your body is attacking itself so actually creating a healthy balance of you know cutting out stresses in your life as much as you can for youth workers and also things like cutting out caffeine which I think might be the most sacrilegious thing any youth worker has ever said um I was chatting to Dr Kate Middleton the other day who's a psychologist and specializes in teenagers and she said the moment it hits winter she gets this increase of people going and struggling with anxiety and a huge part of that is because it's cold so we want more drinks and so we have Starbucks on our doorstep and like I'll hit a point where I'm like it's kind of cold and I just really want a coffee so I'll walk to Starbucks and I'll have a coffee except a jam-packed full of caffeine which doesn't do anything good for your anxiety because it raises your heartbeat and so you will feel more anxious and so this idea of it's getting darker outside so that adds to people's mood we're not spending as much time outside so we're not getting vitamin d from the sun and we're not spending time getting fresh air but we're also increasing our caffeine Mm. intake which increases our anxiety levels so if we have like only two cups of caffeine a day and the rest is decaf it's genuinely much better for you 
and can decrease those levels just little things like that can make a huge difference before you hit that point of going no I really am struggling now so what would you say um, that would help youth workers listening that are struggling maybe feeling depressed feeling low anxiety um, feeling like they're on the verge of burnout what could they do now to kind of help them from you know just from it getting worse the first thing I would say is ask for help, which is the hardest thing I genuinely think if you're a youth worker is to ask for help. We like to think we're indestructible. Go see a doctor. They can, they'll do a chart with you and they'll help you figure out where your anxiety levels are and your, where your depression levels are and other things. They can give you medication, which can really help. I'm a huge advocate for medication um, and support. They can put you forward for talk therapy. I think I'm such a fan of counselling. If you're, you know, you have to wait a long time, I think if you're struggling, get help. Talk to someone who can help you see outside of where your head is at. Have a spiritual director, someone to pray things through and bring God into that conversation as well. I think asking for help is so important. Speaking to your line manager, and it is really difficult to have that conversation. And I've had that conversation in the past of saying, I need a week off work because my mental health is really bad and I'm struggling. Uh, so as we talked about in the last one, I'm bipolar. So I often have those ups and downs and I know for me to recover, me to stay healthy, sometimes I need to take a few days off work. I need to spend some days in bed just watching Netflix um, because that's really good for me. And not being able to be afraid to say that because mental health is just as important as physical health. So if we can keep that up, saying to your doctor, actually, I'm really struggling with this, is so important um and there's this thing that i was reading about uh phase is a charity in hitch and they've written a blog about white space and the idea being is we need to have white space to process where our thoughts and our emotions are so if you looked at a page and all of the words were joined up there was no spaces in between them we wouldn't really be able to read it and it's the same with our brains if we're so busy that we keep going we keep going we keep going we haven't had a moment to stop and think about what has happened in our day and for that to keep going increases that stress and increases that struggle and also increases this, oh, we need to be doing this. We need to always be busy to be effective. When actually, if we take time to stop, just like an hour every day or 15 minutes between sessions just to go, okay, what just happened? That is so important to put in that rhythm of space in your life, which helps you process and makes you and just to check in what your feelings are so you know if I've gone from school I've done a session with a group of girls and one of them's disclosed something big I need time to kind of go right what have I just heard how do I feel about that what are my emotions in this am I carrying her pain when I shouldn't have to is that making me feel worse and also to listen to what your body is doing is your body saying I mean like a nap or I need some fruit or some water just to kind of catch up with where I am having that space to just figure out what is you're doing and that's linked with mindfulness which is actually quite an Ignatian technique I really love Ignatian spirituality which again is so much about finding out where you are where is God in the day um, and where are you at in the day and so having mindful coffee breaks or mindful food breaks so I have a like little locker at work with peanuts and raisins and chocolate in it and I give myself time. So if I'm writing something, I'll be 45 minutes. Then I'm going to stand up. I'm going to walk over to my locker. I'm going to have a handful of peanuts and raisins, maybe some chocolate. And in that walkover and in that moment, I'm checking in with myself and going, right, where am I at now? And then I go back to my desk and I'm ready to go. And having those breaks, having those rhythms are so important. But also, yeah, to keep exercising, having structure is really important for mental health. Knowing even if I don't want to, I need to get out of bed every day. 
I need to go outside every day. I need to shower and have self-care every day. Like it's so fundamentally important. If we want to help people, we have to put ourselves first. Otherwise we're doing young people a disservice because we're running on empty and they don't get the very best of us. This is great. This is great, great stuff, Helen. Thank you. And one of the things you said there, I, it just stuck out to me because I think it's a- applicable to, to anyone, uh, whether they are struggling with uh, issues of mental health mm-hmm. or not. And that was the thing about how y- you said we feel that we need to be always busy, always on the go to make a difference in the world. We always have to be doing something. I'm reminded of um, uh, Stephen Covey's book, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, yeah. and he talks about the thing that encompasses all of those habits is the idea of sharpen the saw. So he, he, he uses the analogy of cutting down a tree and he says you, you're cutting down a tree and you, and you don't want to stop because you feel like it's going to take longer. But, but you know that the truth is if you take a moment to stop cutting, stop working and mm. you sharpen the saw, then actually that work is going to be quicker and more effective when you yeah. get back to it. And that's what you're talking about there, isn't it? That, yeah. That, that sharpen the saw uh, time in our lives to to do that yeah very much so I think it's so important um so think about those things that give you life so there is the examen which is about the spiritual at the end of the day standing there going where in my life is there is there life what in my day has brought me life and to spend more time doing that and going I need to focus in on that I need to hone in on that so for me life is when I spend time cleaning my kitchen (laughs) genuinely brings me life or having deep profound conversations with people about things so having that life is so important and so making sure I incorporate more of that into my day because it's life-giving but also recognizing when there is time when there isn't life and making sure that you have that space to process that so yeah so you can sharpen the sword and go right I need to deal with these issues because I'm you know everyone has to deal with boring meetings but how do I do that well? Yeah, and uh, that's so good. Like, it's identifying the replenishment streams, isn't it? Because mm. one of the things I've been learning, I, I don't know if this is something that, that rings true with, with you, Helen, uh, something that God's been speaking to me about, actually, is that some of the things that we're doing to relax aren't giving us true rest. <laughs> yep. um, and the idea that you can stop giving out, but you might not necessarily be replenishing yeah. So I found that time when I go out for a, for a walk in nature or I'm with my journal and my, and my Bible, which actually takes a little bit more effort than sitting down and watching TV, yep. gives me energy uh, where in, in a way that sitting down and having a Netflix, Netflix binge doesn't. And I think identifying the things that actually replenish you um, yeah. rather than just stopping from working yep. is, is really important, isn't it? Well, if you think about those days like... I have the occasional Saturday where Jamie goes off to football and so I'm like, this is my pyjama day. I'm going to spend yeah. the whole day inside. I'm going to like binge watch the Gilmore Girls or whatever <laughs> it is. Uh, I'm going to do that because spend the whole day in my PJs and probably get up and shower about three o'clock, four o'clock. <laughs> uh, genuinely have those days and they're great, except I feel worse at the end of those days. Yeah. I feel lethargic. I feel like I've done nothing. Um, and not even just like not work nothing, but like I've just gone, I've just wasted a whole day where I could be seeing friends or I could be walking or I could be doing some exercise or I could be running writing or singing or knitting whatever it is I could be doing something with that day and I've just wasted it on the Gilmores which whilst great is I feel worse at the end of that day so true and I just need to get out of the house and go for a walk it's worthwhile I think for our our youth leaders listen just to take a moment with a with a pad and a pen and write down what are the replenishment streams you're like what are the things that 
aren't just things you do to relax, but really give you rest, really restore your soul. Identify those things and ask yourself, how much time are you spending on those things and investing in yourself? Okay, one last, one last question if that's Great. okay. Because yeah. I think this might be a little bit of an elephant in the room. Yes. Um, we talked last month, you talked with Dustin about how we help to pastor young people mm-hmm. who are facing mental health issues. Yep. How do we do that if we ourselves as youth workers are facing mental health issues? Great. Um, Dr. Will Vanderhart, who heads up Premier Mind and Soul and does other many great things, does some really great talks about this and this idea of actually we can help people if we're struggling ourselves. Um, We're all broken. Every single one of us is broken. And that's okay because the kingdom is now and not yet. Um, And we're still living in this time of struggle. And actually people connect with vulnerability. If we... Like you think about those sermons and um, which really changed your life. Someone has shared a story, they've shared something, and often it's vulnerability. It's a moment of weakness mm. where you're just like, hang on a second, I can do that too. So when Mike Pilvachi is standing in front of tens of thousands of young people at Soul Survivor, he'll talk about moments where he feels like he's not heard from God or he's pushed himself too far forward, he's gone up for prayer and something hasn't happened. We all remember the stories that connect with us. I remember those moments where talking with someone and they said, I didn't feel God in this place and it was really difficult. I struggled to hear. And that's the moment where I'm like, me too. I'm not alone in this. There's other people on this journey. And so for a young person to hear that their youth worker knows what it feels like to suffer from anxiety. And it's not just that, oh, I'm worried. It's that crippling, ah, my heart is racing and my hands are clammy and it's it's overwhelming. To hear that your youth worker feels that too is freeing. And there are boundaries within that. We can share that information and we're not putting that weight on our young people. We need to be careful not to do that. But I think there's something really freeing in saying, do you know what? I struggle too, or I have struggled because um, we're human. And, and also to look at those characters in the Bible who struggled as well. This idea of, you know, David wrote, what, half of the Psalms? And I mean, those are dark, dark, <laughs> dark pieces of writing. Like, my God, yeah. my God, why have you forsaken me? Like, I don't think it gets darker than that. And if David can struggle with, you know, depression and still be like the greatest king of Israel, then mm. actually we can struggle with depression and still be a really great youth worker. And if Jesus can suffer with anxiety in the Garden of Eden, in the Garden of Gethsemane, and say, "Oh my goodness, I don't want to do this," then we as youth workers can struggle with anxiety and go, "Like, I really don't want to do this," but still go ahead because the important thing is Jesus was like, "Not my will, but yours." Mm. And as youth workers, we can go, "Okay, not my will, not my strength, but yours." And yeah, we I think we can definitely do that. And I think we can find a healthy way of doing that. But young people connect with vulnerability. There is something about that that people go, I'm not alone. And we just are so desperate to be connected as human beings that to know that you can have that connection is so important. Um, Yeah, I think we can definitely work with those young people when we're struggling ourselves. And I know my struggles have made me a better youth worker. Yeah. Oh, so good. Listen, if you're struggling out there... uh, Talk to your, your your line manager, your pastor, whoever is there. Go see a doctor. Um, uh, for those who are in the Limitless uh, community, talk to Tim. Talk to your regional leader. Uh, talk to someone. Um, but yeah, Helen, thank you so much. Really good. Always good to chat with you. Thanks for listening to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that the Limitless Leadership Podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry. So email us at info at limitlesselam.co.uk to let us know the issues you'd like us to discuss. 
Stay in touch with us on social media. We're at Limitless Elam on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, the iTunes, or however you get your podcasts. See you next time.